0: Is it necessary for Christians to pursue philosophical studies, or is it not required? Due to the fact that it is necessary for Christians to have a worldview or a set of presuppositions, even if those presuppositions are demonstrably incorrect, I believe that Christians should engage in good philosophical study. A person's worldview has an impact on how they live interpret their experiences, whether or not they are consciously aware of this. C.S. Lewis wrote in an essay titled On Learning in Wartime, that good philosophy must exist, if for no other reason because bad philosophy must be addressed. To put it another way, in order to be accepted, it is necessary for Christians to provide responses to opposing philosophical positions. The Apostle Peter instructs us to, by sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you, with meekness and fear, in First Peter chapter three verse fifteen the application of this verse by Lewis on the other hand is limited to the study of philosophy more broadly more importantly we are commanded to love god not only with our heart soul and strength but also with our mind mark claims that mark that in mark chapter 12 verse 30 christian worship is being reconceived as primarily about having a specific emotional experience or adhering to a specific set of moral rules rather than a combination of both while God desires for us to love Him with every fiber of our being this does not exclude our intellect from the question philosophy methods of of development are particularly well suited for this type of growth and do not be confronted to this world but be con- transformed by renewing of our mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of god the apostle paul exhorts in another passage in romans chapter 12 verse 2. thus philosophy is Concern with the identification of false worldviews as well as development of its own. Christian skepticism of philosophy, however, is not uncommon because of the Apostle Paul's warning. Beware lest anyone cheats you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of man, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. In contrast, practicing philosophy comes with its own set of hazards. Because Christians' beliefs are occasionally publicly disparaged or ridiculed by well-known philosophers as depicted in some of the faith-based films, it is possible that this is, that this is the case. Even though that some atheists use philosophy to attack Christians, the majority of atheists do not necessarily agree with the loudest voices of the subject. It is when philosophy draws Christians in for the wrong reasons that we are most at re- risk of losing their faith as Christians. Several philosophy students have stated they take pleasure in winning arguments, And that skills of philosophy provides them are the means of proving themselves or increasing their sense of self importance. The warning in Colossians chapter 2, verse 8 is as follows Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of this world, and not according to Christ. Because of sin, particularly because of its noetic effect on our thinking, we are naturally inclined to use good things, such as the study of philosophy, for bad reasons, such as the desire to believe that we are intellectually superior than those around us. This is not the reason or the manner in which Christians should engage in philosophical study. According to the Bible. For their part, historians of Christian theology have demonstrated that philosophers and theologians have, a various, have at various times considered themselves natural complements to one another, and other times regarded one another as mortal enemies. Some early Christian thinkers, such as Tertullian, were at the were the opinion that any intrusion of secular philosophy reasoning into theological reflection was improper for the opposite view some christian thinkers notably saint augustine of hippo argued that philosophical reflection could be a useful complement to theology but only if the philosophical reflections were founded on a firm prior intellectual commitment to the fundamental truths of Christian faith. As a result, the legitimacy of philosophy was determined, in part, by the legitimacy, by the legitimacy, of the religious commitments that underpin, underpin, the philosophy. In the Middle Ages, Augustine's views were vigorously defended by his followers, who were known as Augustinians. During this time period, the relationship between philosophy and theology became even more complicated, as St. Thomas Aquinas offered yet another model for how the two should be approached from different perspectives. Philosophy and theology, according to domestic thought, are two two distinctive endeavours that differ primarily in their intellectual starting points. When it comes to delivering data, philosophy relies on our natural mental faculties. What we see and hear as well as what we taste, touch and smell are all examples of data delivery. We can accept these data if we believe that our natural faculties are reliable when interacting with the natural world which we believe to be true for its part theology takes at its starting point of reference the divine revelations contained within the Bible on the basis of divine authority it is possible to accept these th- data as a way that is analogous to the way in which we accept claims made by the physics professor about the fundamental facts of physics, for example. It is distinguishable between theological arguments and philosophical arguments in that theological arguments have at least one of their premises deprived from revelation, whereas philosophical arguments do not have at least one of their premises derived from revelation and thus fall into the domain of philosophy. In light of the clear distinction between philosophy and theology that is established by the way of thinking about the two disciplines, it is theoretically possible that the conclusions reached by one discipline may be contradicted by the conclusions reached by another discipline. For their part, proponents of this model believe that any such conflict should be only superficially apparent. It is impossible for the claims made by one philosopher to conflict with the claims of another theologian, because God created and revealed a world that is accessible to both philosophers and theologians. This is true unless either the philosopher or theologian has made an error Prior to making their claims, each time we look forward into the world today, we are faced by so many choices and judgments that our discernment is called to play. The problem today is that we have been molded within the within the chronological development over time that has. Reaccustom our, our thinking into accepting what is today plainly basically acceptable among the masses. We are being reprogrammed through intellectual and subjective manner ways to look at life in a manner that is devoid of any divine relationship. It is key for us as Christians to be able to link philosophy and theology together and look for that relationship whereby questions asked in philosophy are ultimately answered in theology. This same principle applies in the arena of science. Darwinism and all the different the- theologies, uh, theories that have been developed over time has always sought to disassociate humanity with any point of reference outside our reality. As science developed, and prove that this creation that existed began at one single point known as the singularity. Science cannot prove prior to that, cre- that creation singularity. As we everything is created ex nihilo, there is nothing before. As science sought to look at solving this problem by proposing ideas and concepts that call us to accept it out of faith. We have a a worldview that calls us, in faith, into believing in a Creator. On the other hand, we have science that calls us, in faith, into looking at multi-universes different realms of different existences this is where philosophy itself should come into play if science proposes an acceptance to in faith to a thesis of creation and where we came from why is it so difficult to simply accept the reality that we are created beings of one Creator, our God in heaven. The uniqueness of the Christian faith is that what has been taught and and we have been exposed to brings logical coherency to the reality of our Creator. How can anyone today even think that we could exist or continue to exist in the manner that we have been living? Look at the world around us and you realize it's an utter chaos. But there is some sense of coherency amongst all this chaos, and we don't see it because it is through the Creator that will ultimately bring all this back into a coherent and viable ending. A Creator that realized that His creation had fallen fallen way away and far, far away from Him. That He would come into our existence and put things right. Humanity redefines everything. That's why when we read in the Bible, in the Hebrews and in the Greek, And in the Aramaic, a simple word like love has been redefined to so many different categories. But all these categories that exist has to be based from one absolute. And the Bible makes it very clear that absolute lays with God. How do we know that? Because the Bible reveals to us that relationship from God. Not only does the Bible reveal it, but the reality and the evidence shown of a man named Jesus Christ who existed 2,000 years ago, who walked the grounds that we live on, who spoke, healed, and prayed, he lived a life that none of us could live, (laughs) and no other prophet or proclaimed spiritual leader could ever live today or then. It's the manner of the man himself. It's the manner of the way he lived. It's the evidential proof shown in his life. And it's the evidence and the reality and the historical fact that on one day on a hill in Calvary, a man gave up his life on the cross, those around him saw a man unjustly sentenced to death. But today we know that he died for a reason. We, many non believers say it is utterly unacceptable to even think of a God who would die. Because he's God. Why would God die? He died because of his love for us. A love that is undefined within human form. It is the agape love. It is the divine love of God that he gave up his life for us. As much as we try to seek means and ways to disassociate the reality of what has happened and the evidence and the facts shown. Many of us still continue to live our lives proclaiming ourselves self-evident and successful in everything that we do. But the reality of it is that as much as we look at others and see the successes they we think they enjoy, we never we will never know the burdens they carry. Even the richest of the rich question the meaning of life once they have achieved everything, and they sit back and wonder what is there left in life those who struggle all through their lives, trying to achieve and ask themselves, is this all there is to life? Then there are those who believe, who worship the Creator, who's living life within the joy and experience and comfort and the loving embrace knowing there is more to this life than this reality. People whose faith is grounded in the divine love of God can face any challenge with a smile on their face. And that smile on their face ultimately is the smile that's within their hearts. That is what we do not see, and that is what we do not understand. As much as philosophy and Christian theology, and any theology is a concern, ultimately it comes to the person within yourself to seek the truth. When you find it, you know you found it is the joy that it brings you and the loving comfort knowing that you are you exist for a reason you exist for a purpose and you exist towards a destiny thank you brothers and sisters and god bless